Moraine, do you know how many days we have to go before we will be five years old? Tell me. Apparently, 86 days. 86 days. Okay. So, just short of three months. So, that leaves us three months to plan the most awesome birthday party ever. Prince will be five years old. We'll be able to take the nappies off. Yes. <laughs> Go all day without crapping ourselves. Well, actually, now I'm this old. I'm back where I started. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. Yeah, 86 days. And we will be celebrating our five years at the... Uh, South Coast Summit. South Coast Summit. Yes. Which is why I know it's 86 days left, because if you go to their website, it tells you exactly how many days before the event. <laughs> all right, all right. All so right. as I was just sitting there working out what to say here, so I went, ooh, ding, and I just opened up the website, so that's nice. good. Nice. Good call. Quick thinking. It was a bit, really, wasn't it? For yes. somebody my age, who's <gasps> back to crapping themselves again and wearing nappy. Um, but yeah, no, that's going to be good. So... Um, just guys that you do know so it's also this year going to host the community awards dinner yes um and for the um, people that listen to our previous episode they know about this they've got the hashtag to um use on twitter to secure their seat at the office 365 distilled table that we are hosting yes so we're going to be hosting a table at the community uk community awards dinner the microsoft technology uk community and partner awards wow that's Uh, a mouthful it is a mouthful isn't it that was good did you notice my stand-up comedy head filtered out the rude comments there it didn't (laughs) at all escape that was good so the dress code is going to be 007 and justin powers austin powers yes I don't know who Justin you see, Powers is. Uh, but I wear a nappy, I crap myself, and oh, my Justin glasses Powers, are completely dead. That's the guy from Legal. Oh, yes. Justin no, let's not, let's not dress like him. <laughs> we're off to a great start on this podcast, <laughs> aren't we? But anyway, yes, so we've done that. And I understand from one or two of our fans that we've been nominated, actually. Do so we? We'll, we'll find out. <gasps> yes, we'll find out where in September, in about four weeks, five weeks' time, and then we'll have to do a series of podcasts telling everybody to vote for us so that not oh, only no. do we host a dinner, we also go and get a prize. How's that? Oh, that would be cool. But uh, to be honest, I don't know. What? You don't know? No, you're, you're a UK person. I'm not. So should should we make this a... Oh, uh, yeah. What, what's, 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 the, what's the name? Are we allowed? Uh, in, what's what's the, 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 the business name in, in the UK? Is that an LLC or is that in... Oh, US. a limited company. Yeah. So do do we need to register one? <laughs> to be, a, I, I don't know. That's actually anyway. a very good question. So yes, yeah. we might be disqualified before we even start. Yeah. Well, you've got a UK uh, citizenship, so I do. Yes. yes, and a Belgian one. Now, yes. I'm a Belgian too. So, um, so yes. So if you want to join us for dinner, we have six completely free places. All right. Yes. Uh, bribery of whiskey will be accepted. Yes. No, no, I didn't say that out loud, but I'll cut that out in a little while now. When no. Um, but seriously, come and join us. But what you have to do is to find out how to uh, apply 
uh, or enter for one of those spaces, uh, you need to listen to episode 116. That's the episode before this. And there's a set of instructions on what you need to do in that episode. It will be great fun. So we will be celebrating our fifth year birthday at the UK Community Awards Dinner at the South Coast Summit. Yes. We'll be a bit tired because that's also the day when you could come and spend the whole day with us and join our baseline governance workshop. True. For but merely 70 quid. For a mere can, 70 pounds, yeah. There's yes. uh, 10 places left. I keep saying 10 places, but they've stopped showing how many places are left now, but there was 10 so, at yeah. one point. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's been a busy week this week. We've been been provided with been invited to lots and lots of speaking events this week yeah all of them seem to have come down so we are both doing bletchley well we're actually doing a session together yes bletchley about fever goals viva goals and we're doing a session together about viva goals in lisbon yes which might or might not be the same one which but, might yeah. or might not no it won't be the same one if we're both doing it we never do the same thing twice no, that's true um, and then we've got uh, Belgium. Yes. Collab Days Belgium. Yes. And I'm missing one. South Coast Summit. That's the yes. four in my yes. mind. You're also doing Finland. I'm possibly. going to Collab Days Finland. And I will also make a, a guest appearance at the uh, Experts Live in Prague. Nice. Yes. Busy time. Autumn yes. is going to be a busy time. Yes. And I'm fairly sure that we've not finished yet, quite frankly. I think that people are starting to fill out their events and uh, we'll see where we go. Yeah. <coughs> so, yeah, so that's that. Is there anything else we want to add? Um, no. What about work? Work. We started work together. <laughs> We're working together. Yay. God help them. Yes, so um, of course my team, a lot of them listen to this already and uh, so they're well aware. They've all been looking forward to uh, meeting Moraine. So Moraine, yes, is taking on the role of uh, adoption, change, project manager for Microsoft 365, which is the job I used to do. Yes. So um, so that's Now, the, the only fun. difference is that now it will be done in a good way. <laughs> 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 so uh, we'll you're, you're taking the mickey out of me then are you uh, of course so the meeting that i had today when i've never seen you so polite in all my life as you was dealing with the internal communications people has <laughs> got no, i shouldn't mention that at all that's he, he fine. even said the word are you ready listen listen if you know moraine you know that he f and blinds left right and center he's not a problem for at his language unless there's a pretty girl in the room who's dealing with the internal comms and he uses the word friggin <laughs> everything uh, uh, all, all the friggin items i think you said or something like that yeah all the friggin pages all the friggin yes, something sites. like that yes so polite so polite when i first met this man who didn't give a flying fuck what he said to these people as long as they got on and did the job but now oh, he well. is so polite is it age i think so yeah yeah it took you a while, but eventually you matured. I mellowed out. Mellowed out. <laughs> what a great word. You call it mellow yellow. Oh. Isn't it amazing how these kind of words come back? I mean, that's a song from the 60s. Yes. Cool. Nice. Um, Copilot was announced today. The pricing. Yes, we just had the uh, Inspire keynote. Yeah. And with the keynote, of course, there was a lot of news released. 
And I think the the number one item that everybody was waiting for. How much is how Copilot much going to cost? Will Copilot cost me? Well, let's we say everyone was quite <laughs> surprised, but not really in a good way. No, it was expensive. It is freaking expensive. It's thirty pounds, uh, thirty dollars per person per month. Yeah, but of course you're That's not three hundred and sixty dollars gonna... per year. Yeah, so what's office cost? That's half. Well, an E three license also costs you it's, it's around cheaper. twenty twenty ish dollars yeah. per month. Yeah, exactly. Is it the same value? Ooh, so you that's get email, a good storage, capacity, teams, calls. You get a, a office, ton of value for that Excel. E3 license. Yeah, that E3 that's license true. is incredible value for money. It's probably a loss leader, though. You buy no. it, you get hooked into Microsoft 365 knowing that you're going to buy a whole bunch of stuff on top. No, like, I, I actually, to be honest, most of my customers, they just get either the business premium or the E3 license, and that's all. Yeah, interesting. They, they don't, don't do even go for AAD, uh, P1, or whatever. Yeah. So is Copilot worth it? That was the question we thought about over over dinner, wasn't it? Yeah, Before we exactly. got started, and a rather nice masala cask Deanston whiskey, which yes. reminds me that we're going to be drinking a Deanston whiskey at the end of this podcast. Yes. Very special yes, one. Yes, single cask. Warehouse mm. number four. Mm. All right. Anyway, we'll come back to that in a little yes. while. So, yeah, is it worth it? Well, you actually said a few very uh, insightful things, as really? you do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't sound um, so surprised. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, so you were quickly uh, calculating um, how much that will cost for your organization, well, for the organization that we both work for now. Um and that was quite a lot. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, but let's just take any organization. Let's take a thousand users. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're into a quarter of a million yes. a year. Yeah. Just for a thousand. And you were talking earlier about one of your other clients where they've got 36,000 people. Yeah. And they were quoted, I think, around 100K. I'm sure, of so. course, we can kick Microsoft discounts into this place. But it's of a course, chunk yeah, of never, money. Never pay retail prices with Microsoft if no. you're a. Enterprise customer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's say a thousand users. So we're we're already talking now. So twenty euros, two hundred and forty a year. I yeah. think I did the math wrong two seconds ago. So two hundred forty a year times a thousand. That's two point four million. No, quarter of a million. Quarter yes. of a million. Yes. I got a, I got a zero in a the wrong zero. place. Zero. Yeah. yeah. You so a quarter zero. of a million, whatever's dollars. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like a lot of money. Yes. Now, when I was looking at this, and I've been thinking about this idea since and developing a little bit, but if we was to take that same $20 and get Office 365, Microsoft 365 as a product with all the Office tools, Excel, PowerPoint, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, email, um, project, planner, blah, 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 all of those tools, what would you get most value from? So you, you probably get most value depends. from Microsoft 365. Yeah. yeah. Unless you think about what Copilot could save you in terms of time and effort. Exactly. So my thinking was, 
if we positioned this in the right parts of the organization where they generate and create a lot of material and content, all right, then potentially you could lose three, four, five roles in the organization. Yeah. Because that's the equivalent price. If you're paying 50 grand a year for some individual, Mm-hmm. Uh, or even 40 grand a year or whatever choose the number yeah. it doesn't matter 40 grand times 5 is 200 grand yeah so times 6 and 7 you've already paid for your area but the real question is will you actually save that resources using AI that is the big question so will you be able to do more with less I don't know. That's exactly yeah. the precise. You're good at yeah. this today. I those, am? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Those okay. can you do with more than less. So well, that, today that was, is Moraine's profound day. Yeah, but that was the, the, the first thing that I taught was when I read that $30 per month per user, I was like, doing more with less? Not really. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> That's but not it, really it's less. It's feasible. So... So and then we're going to start talking in a bit about all the different roles that we have in Microsoft 365 because mm. we think that's a, a cool subject to talk about. So if you look at your organization, what kind of departments or divisions in your organization, whether it's pharmacy or travel or whatever, generate a lot of content? So marketing for certain. Oh, yeah. So they, they could save bucket loads of time. But there's not many of them. True. Yes. But training departments? Mm, Writing courseware? Yes, but they would, I think, uh, benefit more from a chat GPT where they say... This is chat GPT. No, this is uh, the co-pilot stuff where you say to SharePoint, co-pilot, create me a SharePoint site where I can manage all my HR policies. And then it would build that up. Or you can go to an Excel table and say, create uh, or uh, give me the, the top three SKUs from last month from sales. So we're talking about being able to save people in finance because people won't need to build those spreadsheets anymore. Or even people in IT, I suppose, if yeah. that's where they get do. more. You're yeah, talking about being able to it, save yes. people in exactly. um, uh, internal comms. We just talked about or communications. We're talking about training departments potentially being able to save people. So as you look at this, where you think about these things, you if you place those that application in those specific kinds of places, there is potentially some savings to be made here. And you would not give everybody yeah. it anyway. So you're not going to give it the, you know, the operations people potentially. You're not going to necessarily give it to the C-level stuff because they would no. never use it. You, you know, so so I think actually even though it's expensive, I think it's priced based on the fact that not everybody needs it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe one-tenth of your organization actually benefits. Yeah, and if you start looking at areas where they create content like reports and Power BI and documentation and everything else, presentations, then I think there's some savings to be made there where you have a large enough organization. Yeah. So even though it's expensive, uh, I think there's a real potential to identify the value in it. Yeah. To the organization. Yeah. So, yeah. So first thought, oh, damn, that's expensive, but yeah. then maybe potentially. 
Then again, would you get it for your own personal um, tenant? No. Waste of time. Waste of money. Waste of money. Yeah. Well, waste of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't have the content to build the models. True. True. Yeah. So what would you what would you want it to do AI with? It's not going to invent something from nothing. No, that's <gasps> true. Yeah. Ooh, business idea. Okay, listen. I think I've just thought of something really, really cool. We should be able to we should be able to create a set of content for small businesses that they can use to build their models from. So we could sell them a package of content. Yeah. Oh, a millionaire next year. Millionaire next year. Boom. Yeah. And it could be the biggest load of crap going as long as AI can get some information from it. So the yellow pages. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Scan all the yellow pages. Exactly. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's. Uh, that was a, an interesting thing that we saw today just before we came on air. Mm-hmm. Um, on our beautiful flip chart on our whiteboard thing, we have a number of roles. A long, long list of long roles. Long list of roles. And I'm sure that we've not even touched ah, half of I, it. I think there's two thirds more to go, if not. If, if not. Yes. I bet we've hit 10% of it. But. Mm-hmm. I had this wild idea as we were sitting there having uh, some dinner earlier and I said, look, wouldn't it be pretty cool? What would you do if you had a choice of whatever role you wanted to do in Microsoft 365? And, you know, we do consultancy work. Uh, I'm kind of acting as uh, head of infrastructure, managing all kinds of other things as well. But we started thinking all the different roles. And we said that I think there's 40 plus now admin roles that you can put into Microsoft 365. So we're doing all those kinds of things. So we just decided to very quickly brainstorm a list of associated roles. And then we thought we'd just go through them and pick them one at a time or pick off a dozen of them or whatever and just kind of say that would be a cool role to have and why and look at some of the pluses for that role and some of the negatives for that role yep. and what it actually means. Yeah. So we, at this point in time, we have no idea how this podcast is going to turn out. <laughs> we kind of went, oh, yeah, As what about CIO? Yeah. Oh, he does bugger all. You know, or, uh, yeah, yeah we, we actually talk about stuff. So, anyway, so reading down the roles, do you want to start on the first five or six? Um, sure. So... We've started with the uh, Microsoft 365 domain owner. Um, we've got uh, CISO uh, on there, which is the compliance, uh, compliance officer. Kind of officer. Thing, yeah. um, there's probably the security uh, people as well that we need to uh, attach there. Uh, we've got possibly some development uh, developers. We've got our service desk. Um, we've got some admins, some Exchange admin, uh, SharePoint and OneDrive admin, yeah. um, and, and a number of people. Now, on the other side, uh, we also have some people from the business, like uh, side owners, uh, ambassadors, um, the, the intranet owner, for example. Citizen developers, are they end users? Citizen developers are end users. They're, they're, the, the definition defines that they are not IT people. All right, stop being just smart ass and move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um and so th- there's there's yeah, a, a whole list of people. We even have written down uh as a person 
whoever owns Viva. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't work <laughs> out who would own Viva. That was really funny. And yeah. so Marine said, no, of course. So we started going up and down the list looking for the person that would own Viva. And, he, and after about five minutes, I kind of felt sorry for him and went, see, I don't know who owns Viva. It's a really good question. Yeah. So, yes, we have a brand new role for Microsoft 365 called whoever owns Viva. Yeah, exactly. But we also had things, we had a bunch of management roles. So mm-hmm. we had data manager, community manager, endpoint manager, program manager. Um, so we had those kinds of roles. We also had some engineers, so yes, very calling technical. engineers, yeah. network engineers. Yeah. Um, so look, we, we just chose a fairly relatively short list. I mean, if we sit there much longer, we can definitely deal with these. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, there's no uh, change in adoption uh, person on there. That's true. Yeah. Because that would be boring. They're generally quite boring people, so we don't <laughs> want to go with them. <laughs> <laughs> Now, so anyway, so all right, let's so, so a few questions then on our list of roles, which isn't going to be covering everything, of course. Yeah. But so, what do you think your favorite role would be, and why? My absolute favorite role would be intranet owner. Intranet owner. Yes, for me, it's the equivalent of selling ice cream. It just makes everyone happy. A good intranet makes everyone happy. Wow. That was definitely left field. So if you sell ice cream yes. and you would like to get promoted, you could become the intranet owner. Oh, oh, absolutely, yes. If you manage ice cream, you, you would be a, a, an absolutely fabulous intranet, intranet owner. owner. Yes. But you also had intranet owner stroke business contact. So is that a business role then that you see here? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So this would probably be... Uh, internal communications or uh, somebody from marketing uh, because the internet to me is um, selling the business to the people that work there, providing them with uh, one place to have an answer to all the questions. One maybe, place to have an answer to all the questions. Maybe that would be co-pilot in a... Very no soon, more reference still, to no. AI, okay? okay. That's, uh, so the intranet owner, and AI, I don't mean a intranet owner. Right? <laughs> All right, so, so here's a question then about intranet. What is the top three things, responsibility-wise, that the intranet owner would typically have on their shoulders when it comes to managing this intranet service? Make sure that uh, news gets published. So publishing news, the right news to the right people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Make sure that content is fresh. Fresh that it's content. Up to date. Absolutely fresh. I get uh, that. And number three is that um, everyone's up to date with whatever they need to know, kind of, or that they can at least find whatever they need to know. With good, so good navigation, content is good search. So got a UX, uh, you have to find the content you need, yeah. that kind so of stuff. So the content needs to be fresh, but you should also be able to find various ways to get to that content. Um, why would content need to be fresh? Because if it's a procedure that has been written five years ago, it might not be uh, valid anymore. So you might want to take a look at it every now and again. But but surely if something's changed, it would automatically get updated if you've developed your intranet correctly. Unless it was forgotten. It would get reminded when you have to update it, surely. 
All right, uh, I get it. I do understand where you're coming from. It's a role for the uh, internet owner. Internet owner. Yeah. Not convinced I would want to be an internet owner. I don't think you want to be an internet owner either. I do. I think you like designing the internet, but you'd get bored if you were the owner of the internet. No, because, see, you need to make sure that your internet feels as one whole solution. So you need to be aware of the tone of voice that people are using, uh, what kind of images that they're using. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think I think it's fun. Plus, also, you need to be up to date with all the, um, the all the, the the new things that Microsoft is throwing at the uh, pages uh, in SharePoint or other capabilities like adaptive cards that are now rolling out. And uh, Viva connections and stuff like that. So you need to be up to speed. Viva with Connect. Everything. Yes. <laughs> we had a joke earlier. So I was I was reading. So it's my first few days in this new role, and I've been reading a number of documents and a number of posts on Teams and whatever. And every time I see Steve writing about Viva Connect, and I'm always thinking like, it's connections. It's not Viva Connect. <laughs> That's All right. funny. No, that's cool. Uh, but I think you're wrong. All right, but let's go down, let's follow this down a bit more. So what are the worst parts of the job for the internet owner? It is so boring. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, is it a full-time role? Hmm, I don't think so, unless you're Coca-Cola or whatever. Then it might be it might be, so it it might be full-time. So anyway, what is the worst worst, worst role that you have to do then as an internet owner, do you think? The worst job as an internet owner... The worst task is to... Keep the content fresh? Yes. To keep <laughs> nagging people about, hey, make sure that you update this. Yeah, and running reports and, fighting and getting rid of pages that are not being accessed or used anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's cool. How often would you refresh an intranet look and feel? Because you're now an internet owner, so I'm asking you just the questions. So, Mr. Internet Owner, how often do you when actually have ready. to refresh? Your, when it's ready. When it's ready. He says with a sly grin, yeah. knowing this is no, a shit when, answer. So, so when, when there's a change in the organization, like a major reorg uh, or a brand change. So you have no control over like that. Them. You wait for somebody else to do something and then you change the look and feel of your internet. I think so because the Rubbish. internet is your Rubbish. tool. Wrong. <laughs> no, I think the internet is the tool that we helps your organization communicate to the people that work there. If if you and I were being interviewed for this job of internet owner, I would win. Okay, tell me. Well, I think, for example, you need to keep your internet interesting. Yeah. So, for example, I would have wintry images in winter and autumn images in autumn and i would i would make the internet the theme of the moment so it's not just about the products oh, but it's okay. about being yeah. able to get people in you see yeah. i would get this job you would be second i just thought about a very cool idea <laughs> i just thought about a very cool idea so oh. when it's summertime your internet is let's say golden like dark yellow but when it gets to winter you probably want to have your internet in ice blue or whatever but what you can do 
so the fingers you, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So create a number of SharePoint teams, all with a slight U difference, and then every day or every few days, you just change your team into a little colder and colder and colder and colder and colder. So that from September to November, your internet changed from golden yellow to icy blue without everyone noticing. Fabulous. You thought about this on your own, did you? Yes. You didn't think about it when I mentioned about putting weather on the internet pages. Yes. Oh, you that, developed that the idea. That triggered me. That triggered me. No, yes. I think it's a great idea. But but and I and if I'm honest, I'm stealing it from somebody else as well. Also, so I remember re- if I was the CEO of an organization and my marketing manager would do that, I would probably fire him because that means he's got way too much time. <laughs> do it something depends, useful depends on the numbers of people accessing the internet no absolutely yeah absolutely. no but i think yes. things like that is what you need to be able to sort of people need to come to the internet for some reason like you said today yeah i said throw sharepoint out there and let people start using it and you went no no we need to give them a reason to come to it and it's silly things like that that actually might be the reason to come to yes it. true yeah you know the employee of the month yeah, something silly like that <laughs> with some okay, crazy image. All right, cool, cool. So you would be internet owner. That would be your role. What would I want to be on this? What do you want to be when you grow up? When I'm a big boy. Would you want to be a developer? That's a bloody good Might question. be a citizen developer. Might be like a full stack Developer. I don't think so because I have no patience and it's not like you develop something in an hour. You have to kind of spend a reasonable oh, no, amount you can. of time. No, it. absolutely you can. Uh, I'll trust you. I'll trust you. But I don't think so because I've spent 40 years running away from being a developer or 35 years running away from being a developer. Oh, God, he's got that look no. on his face. Do you enjoy building Lego? I love building Lego. See, but it's, it's developing is kind of like the same thing. Kind of. Yeah, you just put brick to brick to brick to brick, and then in the end, you've got something. Okay. Can't feel myself getting excited <laughs> about this. I see that. It's, like, it's like an Ikea furniture, closet, whatever. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think that would be my first choice. I, okay. Did we have... A content manager, because I really did yes. get into content. We didn't put one on the list, though. Uh, Data manager, I guess, at the bottom. Yes. But that's not really true either. That's sort of the Power BI stuff is. Um, I think... I don't really don't think... Don't I think consultant. <laughs> I've kind of been doing that for a long, long, okay. long, 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 long time. Uh, calling engineer is quite cool as well. I think M- MS Teams Calling... It's quite an exciting product with the call center's capabilities, uh, call group capability, uh, the ability to improve communications, ensuring the quality of the call. It's a nice balance between a techie role and a business service role. See, I, I, I don't know enough about the whole calling thing, but to me that sounds like a next, next finish thing. No. Long way from Probably it. not. No, but also, like, it. how do you improve the quality of your calls? I mean, I, I, I don't know how you would do that. Do you, like, oh, upgrade you know, 
Do you want to see something really funny? I'm sorry. This okay. is incredibly, incredibly funny. Um, my good lady wife today is taking a sleep test. Mm-hmm. And she's just pointed out that maybe she'll need to take a nap tomorrow. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Okay. She doesn't think she'll sleep much. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. You know those terrorist bombers where they have that thing strapped <laughs> to their chest? You, no, no, no. You know how Robocop looks oh, when they Robocop, take off yes, the, the, the metal cover. plates. Oh, poor girl. She's not going to sleep at all. Well. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't yeah. disturb that. Wow. But so coming back here to Calling Engineer then, I think that the reason I quite like about it is... So there's three things. Let's do my three things here. Sure. First of all, you're delivering a direct service into the business. So what you do is going to have an immediate effect on where people are. The second thing is that there is a big difference between a bad call and an awesome call in terms of quality and clarity. That is absolutely right because I was talking to my good lady on my way over here and Google Maps put me through all these little <laughs> back roads and I had a very poor quality of call. That's okay. And at the moment, this is still in its infancy. So you can actually go and dig down to every single call that ever gets taken, whether it's person to person, peer to peer, Microsoft to conference call, or it's a telephone call. And you can look at all of the exact settings, latency, throughput bandwidth whether it was good or bad call so you've got a huge amount of information and data there Uh, and then the third thing is that you're going to deliver all calling scenarios whether it's an incoming switchboard a call queue or or anything else so i honestly think that calling engineer would be quite a good fun thing if you like building lego because (laughs) at the end of the day if if it's not going to work i think there's a lot of information that's more like a shuffling board i think could well be you could well be yeah but anyway so i think calling engineer would be quite interesting from a techie role anyway yeah but you know it's amazing isn't it you imagine being a 16 year old what are you gonna be i'm gonna work in microsoft 365 well what do you do actually there are thousands of roles sir come and join us at company x y and z and come and help support our yeah yeah lots and lots and things what about a non-techie role well the internet owner is a non-techie role not Uh, really true they're gonna have to build pages customize pages um what about the community manager community somebody that manages a viva community or a, a viva community a yammer community or a viva engaged community um that is absolutely a non-techie role. It's somebody that needs to get people to the community, um, have them talk to each other, uh, ask meaningful questions, have people answer. Um, is it like a social engineer? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So a community manager, full-time role again? Actually, for a big organization, it is. For big, big communities, it might be, yeah. So is it only Yammer? Would you not also include things like MS Teams event management and that kind of stuff? Would you not be creeping into the internal comms kind of role? It could be. It it kind of depends on, on, on your organization. So a community manager could be somebody that manages a bunch of communities um, or it could also be somebody that manages... Just one community, but then everything around the community. Yeah, it like could the be. get-togethers and the whatevers. 
Um, so yeah, it could it could go uh, in in lots of different directions and lots of different spins on the on the actual. All job. right, so that's community manager. What about CIO? Does the CIO of your organization have an active role in Microsoft 365? There needs to be some kind of steerco, I guess. So some kind of governance owner. Yeah, exactly. Somebody that gives the you process. the approval or also the uh, when you need some more roles or more bodies on the project. Uh, somebody that says, okay, here's the go-ahead. I also see the CIO as being quite a, 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 the probably the highest-level ambassador within the business. You know, When shit goes wrong, he's the one that's going to get the phone call from the other C-levels yes. to say, yeah. hey, uh, this country X is not being able to make any calls at the moment, or yeah. country Y, or this service is not, you know. Yeah. So I think the CIO obviously has an approval and budget management yeah. and budget approval and stuff. I also think that they will decide, or no, they will be a decision maker for you around whether you have a lot of Yammer information coming in. The, the kind yeah. of role you would have to go and justify yeah. the services. They would sign off Copilot, for example, Yes. almost certainly. So strategic, yeah. key strategic decision making. Yeah. I think we'll end up around the CIO. What kind projects of role. you want to do? What tools you want to roll out? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. And I guess while we're here, then we should also do the CISO, our compliance manager. Yeah, yeah. Because that is a role that I would never, ever, 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 ever want to take on. Ooh, I'm going to sit down here and question it's you. Too detail i think oh yes i i don't like those details why is it too detailed because what, it's, first of all let me ask you let's go sure. back to the first okay, question okay, okay. what are the three things that you think a CISO does that's a good question <laughs> what do they do what does what the don't CISO they do, do? Yeah. So with the CISO say though do we do with um the well they um, look at existing compliance policies or they make compliance policies and then they bitch and moan to us about <laughs> how these things that we've built are not complying to the policies that they've written. You're right. Like You're that. right. You would never make a good CISO. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so because it's part legal, it's part... It's very serious as well. Well, you you don't have fun as a CISO. I don't think CISOs so. CISOs <laughs> don't have fun. They no, are special so. people that don't have fun. <laughs> Sorry, dear CISO people. Actually, I think the entirely opposite. I mean, you are right, they don't have fun. But uh, I think they're, it's more interesting role than you think it is. I hope so. <laughs> well, look, okay, most CISOs no. do more than just to play around with Microsoft 365. Okay, yes. so we're focused really on only part of their work, yeah? yeah. Mm -hmm. With all of the stuff where they're protecting, you know, from uh, external access and all that kind of stuff. And yes, they have to get very boring and stuff, but yeah. you could not start your project without input from a CISO in some way. Mm hmm and I'm guessing CISO will probably play an interesting role in our baseline governance course yes. on Friday the 13th of, sorry. 13th of October, October in Farnborough. Yes. 
the your place uh, now, South Coast, Coast Summit. Summit.com. Yeah, no word, no spaces. Join us for dinner. Listen to episode 116. Tell you, find out whether you get free dinner and join us at the theme dinner on the Friday, where we'll talk about CISOs at our baseline governance course. But for example, um, account, admin accounts. Under what conditions would you allow somebody to log on with an admin account? Go and ask the CISO. They yeah. would tell you. But what? How long should I keep these emails for that arrived today in the operations shared mailbox? Go and ask the CISO. Yeah. How long should I keep these financial documents for and set the retention policy with? Go and ask the... CISO. All right. Yes. Um, uh, what kinds of sensitivity labels should we put against our document? I would go and ask the... CISO? So this guy's yeah, kind so of super interesting role. Yes, but they need to have like a good answer to all those questions. Like, how long do I need to keep those emails? They can't just say, I, I would go like, well, I guess three years would be enough. No, they need to say it needs to be five years, not a day longer, because these are the legal requirements. These are our requirements. These are customer requirements. These are the warranties and whatever that we give. So this needs to be the, the value. You think CISO knows the answer to those questions? No, they, they probably need to look that up. But no, they just need to know who knows the answer. Okay. So they would go and talk to uh, finance uh, and say, "Hey, finance retention content, blah 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 yeah. blah blah okay. blah." And I think the CISO has become such a default role now. I mean, crikey me, fifteen years ago, you were and CISO was the guy that nobody knew that sat in the dark office in the corner, you know, on the yeah. basement corridor. Um, yeah, and just when you were going to release your thing, they would be stepping inside and yeah, say, "Sit down." No. So I think CISO. Uh, there's a, a whole community of of things in there, but mm -hmm. you, they're all right. You can't move forward <laughs> in some respects without that CISO input. So yeah, it it, it kind of reminds me of the of, uh, Gandalf, the Lord of the Rings. Like you shall not pass. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the CISO in my in my in my head. Yes, but I, I find that role. You know, maybe I'm just changing. I think maybe I'd like to do the CISO role. I find it, it more in more I'm thinking about this more interesting yes, I find it. Yes, because you just like to be annoying. <laughs> you just like to Yes, what get, is your job? Yes. I piss people off. <laughs> yes. For a living and I get paid to do that. <laughs> okay, yes. yes. <laughs> but it's interesting how many things they get involved in. I it, yes. it they they are going to drive. They're yeah. going to drive the internet. True, true, they, true. They're going to drive yes. your endpoint but management also and one your of, community manager. One of the things I don't like about it is the uh, the the risk that they run if they get something wrong and thing shit hits the fan and things go to court or whatever. You blame the CISO. Yes, he said that it was got it, it five years. That's all we needed. Yeah. Yeah. You're so covered. it's not for me. I find that an interesting, fascinating role. But I mean, I have to talk to CISO relatively often. So do you, yeah. if you're managing a, mm -hmm. a Microsoft 365 environment. Um, and they're the people that have to deal with the audits. 
So yes. they get the audit responses in from whoever's auditing, and then they end up with the bits where they have to yeah. fix them. But all I find that it's a very inno innovative role. Sorry, say it again. All these difficult questions yeah. from the auditors that they once more need to fabricate an answer to. No, I think it's a smart role. I quite like that a lot. Um, so yeah, the compliance stuff. See, so uh, on the surface, there's this and this, but actually, when you get down to it, I they think it's need quite to a fuss nice role. about the details. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So that's CISO. What's the worst part about a CISO role? They get blamed for everything. They get blamed for being the person that has to make life difficult. Yeah. They because they need to fuzz about all the little details. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess they just need to to lay in there. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah, I think so. Next. Yeah. What's next? What else? What about citizen devs? Yeah, the cool kids on the block. The cool kids. Yes. You think civil? Ci yeah, I think the people pain in with the, the hoodies. Citizen devs equals shadow IT. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Citizen devs equals pain in my ass. Yes. Citizen it means devs macros, Excel macros on business critical systems. Yeah, absolutely. put a password on an Excel spreadsheet, yes. then go on holiday, and nobody can open it anymore. Exactly. No, so talk to me then. Citizen Dev, top three things that they do. Um, what do they do? So if IT doesn't have time to handle smaller requests, a Citizen Dev could very well um, handle these things. <clears throat> Build a small workflow. Create a small form to handle better input of data. Things like that. Things that a citizen dev uh, could do. So they're just smart cookies. They're smart cookies. They're actually the people that used to build Shadow IT. And now, now the we big give difference, them bigger and better tools. Exactly. The, but the, the, the big difference is that now we define the governance for those tools. And we can control them better. Yeah. So we, we give them, them um, how, how do they call that? Like the, we give them the guardrails of what they can and cannot do. Really? Yes. I don't know. I do. Come to my session about this. No, I, I already gave a session about this, but um, that's that's the, the big difference between citizen development and shadow IT before is that now they're using the tools that IT has approved and that IT is actively managing. And controlling. And controlling, yeah. Because the CISO says, only allow them <laughs> to do development. Yeah. Like, for example, only let them use uh, default connectors or yeah. Microsoft connectors. Or only let them touch these uh, data silos or whatever. Okay. No, I like it. All right. Citizen devs, the cool kids on the block. Mm. Not entirely certain that they are, but there you go. I would love to be a citizen developer if only Power Automate would be a tiny touch better. Better or easier to use? Well, yes, both. <laughs> both. Um, because every time I try to create a workflow, it you just get gets on my nerves. I same problem. So no, much. But for that. example, Power Apps, I learned to love it. Um, haven't been doing a lot with it, but learning to love it. Power BI is still a very unknown beast to me. It is a crazy big monster. I would love to learn how to tame it, but it's 
it's a daunting blurb in my vision. Power BI is easy enough to use as long as you use it regularly. That's one to of those use things. it. It's like that easy. But to build a dashboard, yeah, yeah, I get that. Ooh. Well, a lot of it is complicated licensing wise and stuff like this. We haven't got license manager on there. That would be an interesting. One. <laughs> <laughs> we right. should have had a we yeah. should have had a license manager on there. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. All right. So, of all the roles on here, which one would you absolutely not want to do? Next to the CISO. Um, I think what I definitely would not want to do is the network engineer. Something, yeah. Yeah, network engineer is a bit of an odd one, really. So I'm not entirely certain that's really a specific. No, M365 but I mean, role. like the person that manages the network, that manages the firewall ports and make really sure that role. your CDNs yeah. or uh, no, maybe not, but still they they still might be very important. Is that because networks is black magic to you? Uh not really. You sound so sure. Uh <laughs> No, no, it's it's not really black magic, but it's also something that if it doesn't work, there are like a gazillion reasons why it's not working. And um why right. it could not be working for so, me. I think it's exchange admin. Why would you want to be an exchange admin? Why would you not want to be an exchange oh, admin? Rubbish. <laughs> Why would you want no. to be an exchange I mean, admin? All if, right. If then. you if you want to be a calling engineer, why not want to be an exchange admin? You you said for a calling engineer, this would be a service that everybody's using. Well, everybody and their friends are using Exchange. Have you ever seen those things that you, Emails. you you put them in your hand and you stamp a piece of paper and it says, passed? Yes. All right? Yes. And then you get another piece of paper and you get your stamp and you go, passed. And yes. you get another sheet of paper and you get your stamp and you go, passed. And you get another sheet of paper and you, you know, get your stamp and you go, You know, actually, a better analogy, analogy. would be uh, that Toyota, I think it was a Toyota commercial with the condoms that would be... Um, <laughs> blowing them, blowing up. up yeah yeah yeah. it's the same bloody yes. thing it's an email coming in and being forwarded and and, and everything else and the email no, didn't they come need in. to be routed to the right no they don't <laughs> it's all done for you you don't even have to set them up you go to the um you set the account but up what about signatures boom. signatures signatures end user signatures yes no I'm sorry. Exchange admin to me sounds like ooh, boring as anything. I I do think that the role of an exchange admin has become boring. Less, <laughs> no less um, cumbersome, exciting, and exciting in the last few years since we don't have exchange on 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 proper servers uh, anymore. Yeah. So it's more a commodity. I think so. Which is why everybody yeah, has their so. email address. Yeah. So if you also like go through the Exchange Admin Center, it's. I I have a feeling like so I, most of the time when I go to the Exchange Admin Center, I get a feeling like, is that it? Yeah. Well, is all that, it is, does is you is get the stamp it? and a piece of paper, and you go pass. Yeah. 
pass or email. But maybe uh, but that is... Don't get me wrong. If, if it goes wrong, there are things you need to do. Yeah. And if yeah, you yeah. want to finesse the service, yeah. there are things you can do. So it really yeah. depends how complicated you want to make it for everybody. Yeah. But effectively, you get this text thing comes through that's called an email and you send it back and it's called an email. And you get this text thing that comes through and it's called an email... <laughs> I, I I think that would be the worst job. All right, so um, you got one more to talk about. So what 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 is and because it's kind of already it's whiskey fifty three minutes okay. in. Gotcha. I think I don't know whether we're both looking at the same one. I just wonder whether whoever owns Viva is an interesting one to talk <laughs> yes, about. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's kind of because Viva is the odd one with with the odd applications that kind of go in all directions. We got training, we got knowledge, we got uh, work insights. So, uh, yeah. what would the job description be for? No, that's not that. What would the job title be for whoever owns Diva, Viva? Oh, that would be the department head of training, strategy, knowledge, people, uh, people, and shared services or whatever. Yes. Being a Viva project or Viva program manager, I don't I, understand it. I, I wouldn't, because they're all separate applications that don't really tie into each other. But you get office I, manager for office tools, office applications manager. Yes, but... But that's because you have an admin page that manages the setup of your office tools, I guess. Yeah, but you now have a one a Viva admin... Uh, as well so, so that's insight manager insane. would you go for insight manager where you manage the it's not a lot to manage actually a lot it's of like, adoption and do change i want to do. turn it on or turn it off that's it uh yes no absolutely so there's a lot of change in adoption and communication around viva insights that's necessary but really managing the service eh. Yeah, it's a, an interesting one. Now, topic manager topic, for Viva knowledge topics manager. knowledge manager. Knowledge manager would that be would be that would be a cool a cool job. Yes, because that would require you. That was to, on the list, by the way. Yes, somewhere. Yes. Where? Uh, it, it used to be on the list. No, did it? Oh, no. it must have been written with invisible no, penning uh, that probably, disappeared yes. and faded yeah, away. Exactly. Fade away. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what my favorite one on there is. Endpoint manager would be interesting, but that's an interesting, like, a network engineer, so that would be kind of mm. cool. Um, I well, think the all-time best role on there is... Ambassador. I kind of was going there. Yeah, yeah I was kind of going there i think but i just wonder whether a site owner is a pretty cool no role. i think ambassador would be better because then you get a little medal because you're an ambassador uh, or an ambassador and, kit like you got yes, yesterday and, and the goodies yeah. yeah and then you can just bitch and moan about the things that don't go well to the actual team and it's actually like the ambassadors it's it's like us being mvps we can just go back to microsoft and say hey microsoft we don't like this this is not cool hey we we've seen this why 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 don't we have this so that's actually what an ambassador can do 
within an organization to the uh, Microsoft 365 team to say, look, this is what we want to do. And then you as the Microsoft 365 rollout team can say to the ambassadors, try this. This is something new. Go and evangelize this to your people. Go and evangelize it to your people. Yes. Evangelize it. Oh, well, I, I think it was an interesting conversation. That turned out to be quite interesting. Yeah. But it, but as you say, I think we've got three times as many roles to talk about on the oh, list yes. if we were to really Absolutely. think it through. Yeah. Some of them more exclusive than others. But in the meantime, I think we'll come back to this in a minute and just r- and round it out after we've had a drink of this rather Special. interesting whiskey that neither of us have actually tasted. So I'm just going to go over to the, the website here, seeing as why you have that in your hand. So this is a special whiskey from the Highland Single Malt Distillery called Deanston's, which has been one of my favorite distilleries for many, many, many years. Nice. Okay, and it's many, many years for lots of reasons. First of all, it's quite new. So it's about 60 years old or something. Um, I think there's, uh, I could look up the number, but I can't be bothered. They do some quite unusual whiskies now and again. But the whole process for whiskey is actually uh, green uh, done because they take the river uh, and they power it, which we've talked about before. So it powers the turbines. Um, And then the water, of course, comes from the river over granite, which gives it an interesting taste. So this that we're drinking is from Warehouse Number 4, so I'm guessing that's one of their special warehouse. It's Mm -hmm. cask strength, is that correct? Yes, we have 61.9%. 61%. It's from a single barrel, so it's taken from a straight single cask. Bourbon barrel. All right, and it's a bourbon barrel. So this is as native and as neat a whiskey as you're ever going to find. Yes, it was hand-filled by Jason... Jason, thank you very, very much for going to that uh, barrel. Oh, right. Let me tell you what you're supposed to taste. So on the nose, Mm -hmm. you have crispy green apples, pineapple, lemon zest, and vanilla. Definitely vanilla, definitely green apples. But that's, well, it's a typical bourbon flavor. That you really? get in here? Yes. Yeah, possibly. But it's not like the green apples from Writer's Tears or something from the no, Irish. No, no, not at all. It's not that no, exactly. crispy. Pineapple's there, though. Actually, if you take it, if you roll it in the glass like we did in that last thing without spilling it like I did last time, then over that large top, you pick pineapple. Yeah, I get pineapple. I like that, actually. I might not bother drinking this. I'm just going to sniff the pineapple. That's Be- rather interesting. Anyway, you obviously don't looking at your face. Yeah, no, I definitely get the sweet, the sweetness. Of I a can't, I lovely. can't remember what a pineapple smells like. Okay, it's a anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really it smells vanilla. Smell it smells like this. Yeah, <laughs> color wise, I think it's brilliant. Yes, I, I think it's a beautiful, fresh, light, lemony, um, amber mm-hmm. color. Yeah, it's quite light as well, but it's got a lot of tears. So Good. it's 2013, yeah. so this yes. is a 10-year-old. Uh, it's, a, it's actually a 7-year-old because it was bottled in 2020. It, it was bottled when? 2020. Oh, okay, so it's a... 
Oh, really? So I didn't it's know been that. two years into this little bottle. Yes, I can see it on yeah. the label. So it's uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So green apples and pineapple, lemon zest and vanilla. I mean, it's a fabulous little description of what the nose tastes like, uh, what the nose smells yeah. like, and it does. Mm. So he looks, he looks <coughs> surprised. It, it's a little harsh. It backs a punch. It does. Um, buttery paper, uh, pastry, apple puree, and sweet corn. You definitely get the sweet corn on the palate. Very lemony, though. The lemon really comes through on the taste. You're going to cough as well? <laughs> I can manage it, but... Woo, what a peppery. It is a... What oh, a peppery. Oh, uh, this needs a bit of water woo, in it, doesn't it? A peppery finish. It is, yes. I love that creamy clove and cinnamon. There's no doubt about it. I'm just going to oh. grab. You got the water there, yeah, just to the put a drop yes. in. I'll get the angel out and see what it does to it because I think Ooh, it's yeah. going to. I think we're going to end up with a nice. Uh, I yeah no just yeah. There's a drop in there if you want it. Yeah I'm yeah. I've got on. I've I've put a few drops in so. I'm just going to get my angel. Oh, you've already done it. Yeah yeah yeah. All right, little angel. See what. You can do with this because I think this is going to turn oh, this into something interesting. Does wonders to the smell. Yes, I've got a feeling the pineapple is now going to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've now we've got more. Uh, yes, more fruity. Yes, doesn't weaken it at all, does it? Nope. It's, uh, no, it's still a very strong smell. This yeah. is a power punch thing. Yeah. There's only a few bottles left. If you go to the deedstonmalt.com website. Um, they've got some 20 centiliter bottlers, which is what we're drinking. But this is a powerful whiskey. Mm. It doesn't mellow it out at all. No, but the second, Ooh, uh, it's not blowing my brains out anymore, but oh, that pepper. Yes. This is awesome, actually. It, it, I love how it transforms. Yeah, From the, the minute finish. you put it in your mouth until the finish, it transforms four or five times. And the finish goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I feel like my tongue is slowly curling up and dying. I think <laughs> if I go and have a look in a mirror, I'm fairly sure I'll open my <laughs> mouth and my tongue will be black and curling up where it's saying I need to get away from this. This, but it's making it, my my um, the saliva in my mouth is is just constantly, yeah, bringing that. Uh, that is pretty impressive. It it impressive is the right word. Yes, yes. This that is is good cool. stuff. But it backs up bunch. Mm. Wow. Oh. Well, I I uh, I went to Deeston to buy a gift for a friend, and uh, and while I was there, I did a good old shop. Uh, glasses and cups and um, uh, one or two other bits and bobs as well and uh, two or three bottles and I got I saw these half bottles or yeah. 20 centiliter bottles yeah. so guys look if you really really do like whiskey go and invest if you go to the deanstonmalt.com and I, do, I very rarely do this I very rarely recommend you go buy one but this is incredibly interesting and even now a minute after I've put this down it's still there. It's now moved to the side of my tongs. Yeah, it's tongs. it's on I've the. I've only got one tongue. But. <laughs> For me, it's uh, it's at the front. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it was wow. me to start off with, but as I'm sitting there talking, oh, brilliant powerhouse. 
Yes. Good word. Powerhouse. All right. So, so we've uh, we've talked about Friday the thirteenth. Unlucky for some, but if you really want to make it lucky, join us on the governance workshop. At sorry, yeah, I'm not. I know. Yeah, you, no, you know all of this shit. Yes. Uh, but, but for dinner, will be so much fun. Yes. And we will be bringing a drink or two. Yes. So um, we will smuggle that. in some hip flasks, James Bond. So style. we had this wild idea of listing some of the jobs we have within uh, Microsoft three six five, and it was an interesting conversation. Yes. It, oh. <laughs> oh dear, this is still uh-huh. this is still uh-huh. calling. It was yep. an interesting conversation ar- around the different kind of roles, and what struck me more than anything else is the variety of roles that you have here. So if you oh, was to if you was to yeah. take your average school or college or whatever, mm-hmm. you go, hey, what kind of roles do we have here? Yeah, we have people that cook food, but they probably don't have a role here. Mm-hmm. But communications. Technologists, marketing, uh, office services, security, etc., et etc. They'd all have a role in Microsoft 365. Yeah, and it also means that you can move sideways within the environment. So if you were, oh yeah, if you wanted to do intranet today, but you wanted to do security tomorrow, or you wanted to do SharePoint administration a there's lots and lots of choices that um you can get onto Uh, and b there's lots lots of training that you can easily get into so i also think that as a career in microsoft 365 and if i think about it now i'm sitting there i've been in sharepoint since it first came out so 25 years or 23 years of you know yeah so yeah i the things that kind of struck me as we were sort of thinking about pulling the whiskey out i was thinking yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. And if we look on top of this, with the AI stuff that's come out with Copilot, <clears throat> with the Viva stuff that we don't seem to be able to place anywhere, mm-hmm. with the content management, with topics, you know, Synergy, is it Synergy? Syn, syn through, the, the one that does the auto-scanning of Syntex, documents. Syntex, yes. Syntex, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's lots and lots of ways of being able to add real value to the business. It's one of the first signs, actually, of going nuts when you can see imaginative flies in front of your eyes that you kind of have to keep grabbing. Yeah, no, I, I had it. I had it. You had it. No yeah, worries. I'll trust yeah, it. Yeah. That's what everybody says. Um, so, yeah, I think this was quite neat. And then something else suddenly came to me as well, but this whiskey's gone right to my head. It is very, very, very cool. Um, uh, is that... Um, help me out here because I can't... Oh, is the ambassador side of things. Mm-hmm. So we yes. very briefly talked about the ambassador. Mm-hmm. But they have as much an important role in the success uh, of your Microsoft 365 as any of the technical roles or less technical roles that, that you move forward True. with. Yeah. I think it was a very, very, very cool podcast. Yes. And I kind of could still talk about the roles we didn't even mention, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that we can fill another hour with this. Yeah. Well, endpoint management, you know, securing your environment there, uh, the program manager side of things in terms of, what, yeah, lots yeah. and lots of stuff. Data manager, Power BI. Um, SharePoint admin. SharePoint admin, yeah. yeah. Why have we left that one out? Because we, we, we kind of know it so well. Yeah, but we clearly both don't want to be a SharePoint admin. Anymore. Anymore. Been there. Yeah. Got true. too many T-shirts. Yeah. I mean, we had a great conversation today with Nick, yes. right, who is, you know, administering the SharePoint environment. Mm-hmm. Today, we had a good old-fashioned 
sit down, we're going to roll SharePoint out, yes. kind of brainstorming yeah. session like for 90 minutes. Like a managed metadata. Yeah, the content types, how exactly. we're going to be able to bring the search yeah. pages in. Nice. You're right. You know, maybe secretly speaking, we are both SharePoint admins and we always will. Once a SharePoint admin, always a SharePoint exactly. admin. You can get the boy out of SharePoint, but you can't get the SharePoint out, out of the boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, on that note, I think it's time to say uh, goodbye so that we can go away and carry on drinking more of this whiskey for peace and quiet. So I think it's going to be fun. Guys, we, we really hope you've enjoyed this. We've enjoyed talking about this. The yes. time shot by. Um, and as always with our podcasts, uh, it's an awesome pleasure to do it with you, Moraine. Thank you. Um, I think it's great fun, and we have a great mix of, uh, of fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think suddenly sitting down and sort of just having some dinner and, you know, tasting another different kind of deeds as we talked about earlier, and then suddenly coming up on the fly from a conversation with an yep. idea for a podcast. Priceless. Yes. Priceless. Nice. So on that note, uh, from Steve Dolby, he's going to say goodbye. Sai Steve on Google and Twitter and anything else if you want to talk to us. Uh, please remember, this is episode 117, but the important episode is 116. If you are going anywhere near the South Coast Summit uh, in uh, October, then we will be there. We'll be celebrating five years and you will get chance to come and join us for dinner. So that's me saying hi and bye and I'm going to let Moraine finish this off because I think it was a pretty cool podcast tonight. Exactly. So on that note, sayonara mes amis. Talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>